Welcome to this week's edition of the News and Record HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I am Joe Serrera, and I'm joined, as usual, by Spencer Turkin. We're going to talk, uh, before we get into the games, we're going to talk a little bit about something unusual that uh, has happened this week because of all of the aftermath, flooding, other damage from Hurricane Matthew in the eastern part of the state. The NCHSAA decided this week to postpone the start of the football playoffs. They adjusted some other sports schedules, too. Football is the most prominent one. They're pushing the start of the playoffs back a week um, instead of the 4th of November being the last regular season week in North Carolina and the playoffs starting on the 11th. Now the 11th is the last and the 18th will be the start of the playoffs. And that's got a lot of ramifications. Obviously, the first priority has to be the people over there, the kids at those schools, getting everything back together. But, Spencer, there are definitely some ramifications. There are, and um, there were other options that could have been implemented to alleviate some of the stress on the schools in eastern North Carolina. And I want I want to first and foremost just say that we're thinking about those people out there and they've got a lot of work to do and and hopefully we can help them out in any way that we can but that at this this decision in my opinion was a poor decision because it was the greedy decision in my opinion and on the outset it may not look like that but if you dig deeper and, and I'll credit our boss sports editor Eddie Wooten for for mentioning this on Twitter half-heartedly, um, they could have just cut around to the playoffs. Yeah. And yes, that would have meant less schools make the playoffs, but that also would have meant that teams of winning records would have made the playoffs. Right. So it would have actually been a playoff. Yeah. And and, and so you're, you're pushing everything back, and now you have kids who play basketball and wrestle, and we're talking mostly about the football team here. Right. Um, who are going to miss another season who are now not going to be eligible for their holiday basketball tournaments. Yeah. We're going to miss their holiday wrestling tournaments. These are where these kids can be scouted the most because it's all eyes on them. Right. So you're hurting you're hurting people. And that's because of the acclimatization period. They Correct. have to get in X number of practices transitioning from one sport to the other before they can play in a game. And, and it, it's it's tight as it is. Will Jones, uh, quarterback for Page, just made it last just year. made it last year for the Haco Invitational. So you can potentially imagine a Dudley basketball team, a Northwest Guilford basketball team, a Page basketball team at way less than full strength for the Haco, depending and on... And East Forsyth basketball East Forsyth team. basketball team, where there are a lot of good players on basketball players on teams that could go very deep into the playoffs. So, you know, that that's something that, that could be a really big issue. Uh, it, it can. And so that's why I say that this decision was not a smart one. Mm-hmm. Not because something didn't need to happen. Right. But something else could have happened. Right. And, we, and we're not just saying that and just saying, oh, we'll figure out what that other... We're telling you what that other option could have been. Right. Now, the other part is the Shrine Bowl. Yeah. And this is even more complicated because we have eight Shrine Bowl selections in our readership area. Mm-hmm. There's a legitimate chance that at least four of those young men could end up in state championship games. At least. It might be more. Yeah. And <laughs> and we also have a coach who's in there who yes. has a very real shot of yeah. making a state championship game. Kevin Gillespie at Page. And, <clears throat> and the players we're talking about are Madison Cohn and Christian Beal from East Forsyth. 
Hendon Hooker and Dakari Wilson, offensive lineman at Dudley, Javon Leak and Will Jones at Page. That's six players right there. Braylon Faison Walden at Grimsley, Thomas Hennigan at Northwest Guilford. I mean, I, you said four. I think there's there's a realistic chance you might have six kids. And the Shrine Bowl game is December 17th. Unless they change it, we've been reached out to them, haven't heard anything about a change in the date on that yet. But if they push it back a week, that's Christmas Eve, and that's going to create a lot of problems. And there's so many things around that game itself in the week that the kids go out and get to do in the community, at the Shrine Hospital down in Greenville. I mean, it's a huge event, and it's great for those kids. And, you know, yes, they want to play for a state championship, but some of them may not get the chance to participate in the Shrine Bowl because of it. And it's a mess. It really is. And and I'll tell you what, Kevin Gillespie getting his chance to coach in the Shrine Bowl game those don't come around very often, right? And it, that is a it is a huge honor to be selected. Yeah, it's today. a compliment from your fellow coaches, you know, about what kind of coach you are, and you know, it, as you say, it's a huge honor. And you know, one of the coaches I've been talking to for some other things this week, uh, Doug Robertson at Eastern Guilford, said, you know, the coaches may not. They may not even be able to wait until the week of the regional finals, the state semifinals, to, to say that they can't participate because they may need alternates to step in earlier simply because the coaches have to be more prepared than the players in terms of installation of what they're going to run in terms of a lot of other things so they may have to make that decision earlier on them and you hate to see guys who that would be a career highlight for them not be able to get the opportunity so it it really is a shame this whole thing and and again it goes back to my point where we don't have a problem with the state stepping in and doing right, something. Right. That's not our gripe. We understand that something needs to happen. Mm-hmm. But this decision seems to be more that someone was forced to make a decision without fully thinking yeah. through yeah. the ramifications and that the the monetary factor played a role when it comes to the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Sure. Yeah, wanting that 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 extra round of Playoff uh, playoffs and and revenue from that. And you know, they're not sitting there, you know, collecting it all into their coffers and counting it on a desk somewhere. They, you know, they they put the money to use, but still there there are things that could have been done. And you know, we talk about having that extra week off. You could have just raised ticket prices. You could have raised ticket prices. Yeah, there there are a number of, of ways it could have been done. You could have just had the schools down east Play one that are having problems, or schools down in the Fayetteville and Lumberton areas play one fewer game and do their records and their seedings based on percentages. And none of the coaches would have complained about that at other schools, not under these circumstances. You know, if you wanted to finish at the same time, but you know, be fair to those schools, just do it on per, on a percentage basis. It would be more complicated, but it could be done. You know, they. <clears throat> there are some smart people at the NCHSA offices. They could have figured that out. You know, we talk about that extra week. There are a couple of schools, one in our area and one on the fringe of our area, Southern Guilford in the mid-Piedmont 3A conference, Williams in the mid-state 3A conference. Both of them are odd-numbered team conferences. So somebody has the last week of the regular season off. In both cases, it's Southern Guilford and Williams. Both of those teams are going to make the playoffs they will have last played October 28th, and then they won't play again until November 18th. That's that's insane. I don't know how those kids, how you keep your team focused for all that time without being able to play a game. I, I mean, they almost ought to let those schools scrimmage each other. They probably won't, but that would be about the only and solution. And you know what? If they did scrimmage each other, I think everybody would just stay quiet about it and not mention it because, <laughs> you know what? They're going to need to. Yeah. 
yeah, you you can't go at that stage of the season. You It'll know, be a secret scrimmage. Two Friday nights without playing a game. It'll be like those college basketball scrimmages yes. that, that nobody's supposed to know about, but That's everybody right. knows about. Don't ask, don't tell, but everyone knows who's playing who and where. You just can't publicly release the box score. All right, that those are our thoughts on, on the postponement. But tweet us if you have any other ones. Definitely. And, and one thing Spencer and I both mentioned, you know, how feelings and, and prayers going out to the people down east. All of the NCHSAA schools are taking up a collection at football games this Friday night. Uh, they, all of the money will go through the NCHSAA back to the communities, to the high schools that are hurting. The NCHSAA will match the first $20,000 of that. They're also going to do it on a basketball Friday night in December. But if you're going to a football game this Friday night, Please try to be generous. Help those folks out. The money will get to the right people, and that'll be a great thing to do. Speaking of Friday night's games, let's talk about some of the ones we've got this week. Uh, one game that I will be at is our number five team, Eastern Guilford. 8-0 overall, 5-0 in the Mid-State 3A at Western Alamance. 7-1 overall, a one-point loss to Matthews Butler, and 5-0 in the conference. This is essentially the Mid-State 3A championship game. Eastern, if they win, they still have to play home against Eastern Alamance the next week. But if they were to win this week and lose that one, then you've got a three-way tie. And I don't even want to get into the complications of that. But this Eastern Guilford team, this is the best team that they've had since 1981 when they won a state championship. It, it certainly is. And I had the chance to go see them out at Williams uh, a few weeks ago. And they're impressive. They don't have any superstars. They are a team. And Doug Robertson has been in this position before with Reedsville. We yep. spoke about it after the game, and he said that this team very much reminds him of his Reedsville State Championship team, that they keep getting better every week. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their roles. The coaches have them prepared. Yep. Um, uh, this is a tremendous staff with a great group of kids right now, and they're rolling. And And I would not be surprised if they were the ones who came away with the conference crown. Yeah, a couple of a couple of coaches, I won't name names, in that conference have told me that they think Eastern Guilford's the best team in that conference. A great defensive team. Three straight shutouts. The game before those three shutouts, uh, the only points were a fake field goal for a touchdown late, late in the game, and the referee admitted afterward to Doug Robertson that the opponent made an illegal substitution and they didn't have the heart to call it on them. So they would be looking at four shutouts. They've had good defenses the last few years. This year the offense has stepped up isn't turning the ball over, is making big plays. They run two quarterbacks at you, Bryant Barr, the senior, Dominique Graves, the junior. They can do different things well, but they're both good athletes. They can both move the team, and, you know, it, it's a good football team. I mean, they, there's you know, there's every reason to believe that they, they're going to win that conference if they come through tonight, on uh, Friday night. Next team we want to talk about is a team that's been struggling a little bit the last two weeks. Two very tough losses. Our number nine team, Southwest Guilford. Coming off of a 50-42 loss to Glenn and then a 20-19 loss to Ragsdale. And the Cowboys are going to try to get better at East Forsyth. And that is not going to be easy. That is not the place you want to go coming off of two tough losses and playing Todd Willard's Eagles. No, that, that's a third straight loss. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I have had two coaches now off the record, uh, I should say on background, tell me, um, that um, that Southwest Guilford was a product of their schedule mm -hmm. and that they are not for real. Um, I don't know about that. I think that they've got some, some young men who are real ball players. And a good coaching staff. And a good coaching staff. But I 
I do tend to believe that their schedule was easier on the front end than it was on the back end. Yep. I still believe that they are somehow going to earn that winning record this year. Oh, yeah. Um, but that they're going to have to show me something here in the next few yeah, weeks. Yeah, after this week, they're going to have High Point Central and Northwest Guilford to finish. So you know, they, And those were wins for them last year. Yeah, so, you know, that that's something positive. But East Forsyth is playing really good football right now. Um, Glenn tried to get into a shootout with them last week, and that didn't end well for Glenn. Not smart. Not smart. And, uh, look, East Forsyth, Page, Dudley, those are three teams that have a real shot of playing for a stick championship yeah. this year. Yeah. And you just can't get in their way. Yeah. You just can't yeah. because they're going to run right over you. And I hate to be that guy, but I I'm looking ahead to next week already. I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah, I, I'm. <laughs> I don't blame I, we've you. We've got two state championship candidates playing each other next right. week in their conference championships on yeah. the line. Yeah, forget this week. Yeah, I, I mean, other than the Eastern Guilford <laughs> game, who cares? Well, we do. We do have to touch on a couple of other games very quickly. Then we may take a minute or two to talk about Dudley and Page. But uh, number eight, Glenn, at number six, Northwest Guilford this week. Northwest Guilford finally getting a little bit healthy. Although it seems like every time they've gotten healthy. There's been another injury that's come up. You know what else they finally did? They finally got Cameron Cloud the ball. It's like they listened to me on the podcast. <laughs> I had all, I went on a little hissy fit last week about Cameron Cloud, and, and and Cam came to play. So, Cam, I appreciate you, my man. Thank you for stepping up when, when I asked you to step up and for taking care of business. You make me look really, really smart. Anytime you make Spencer look smart, he's, uh, he's you got kudos, your back. And, yes. and you got a helmet sticker because of it. But, yes. Um, you know, look, he's a, he's a spectacular player, and he caught the eye of Urban Meyer's staff up at Ohio State. Okay. There's a reason why. Yes, he's a smaller guy, and eventually he's going to grow, Right. and and he is shifty, and he's yes. quick, and he is smart. And, you know, a lot of people questioned why he had a Division One offer coming out of middle school. Mm-hmm. It's because he can do some spectacular things that yeah. you can't teach. And, and I, I think there are so many different options on that offense that are – older than him that he sometimes gets lost in the shuffle and sometimes when you have that many options you you lose track of one or two of them for a while you, you know somebody on the sideline or up in the box on the headset needs to say hey we need we need to get cam a toucher hey we need to get trey turner a toucher you know hey let, let's let's run zach tyler a couple times between the tackles when you have all of those options when you have thomas hennigan as an option when you have kyle finney as an option you you can't always get the ball to everybody, but talking about Cameron Cloud, the, the Ragsdale game that I covered, they ran a reverse to him on his first touch of the game late in the first half at a, at a key moment. He goes 74 yards for a touchdown, and it was just an electric run. I mean, as soon as he touched the ball and was through the line, everyone in the stadium went, oh, he's gone, and he was. Uh, he's, he's a great ball player. He really is, and they need to continue to get him the ball if they're going to make a, a, a deep run into the playoffs like they did last year. Yep. Last game we want to talk about. Not a great matchup on paper in terms of the records. Northeast Guilford, 4-4 four and four overall, 4-1 four and one in the Mid-State, 3A, but with some tough games still to play. Northern Guilford, 1-7 overall, 1-4 in the Mid-State, 3A. But you know what? If Northern wins this one, they have two other very, very, very winnable games after that. And at 4-4 four and four in the conference, they would make the playoffs. I was going to say... Yes, one in seven on paper, but still eligible for the playoffs. Well, <laughs> as long as we have all the rounds of the playoffs, yes. And, uh, yeah, uh, not to knock Northern Guilford, but no. this is what you get 
when you don't take a round of the playoffs away, yeah. you get teams that are sitting at one and seven right now that are still eligible for the playoffs. Yeah. Oh yeah. And kudos to Northeast Guilford. This is a school that has just gotten raided and abused by the system and is still very squarely in the playoff hunt right oh, now. Oh yeah, they they beat Northern and they've locked and up they've the playoff locked spot. Up their playoff and even spot. even if they finish four and four in the conference, they still have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, with at five uh, with five wins in conference, they may they might find themselves with a home game in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So really, hats off to Northeast Guilford yeah. for taking care of that. I mean that that is a school that, that has no has no magnet program has not I mean they are just doing it with the kids that they have and and those guys Jason Lippert in his second year there last year was a struggle they had some rough games early this season but uh, Gerald Simpson a quarterback is a dangerous player uh, Doug Robertson and Eastern Guilford said he's one of the toughest quarterbacks they've had to deal with this year because he can run and throw and he's a great athlete. And those kids have just played hard and bought in their overtime, bought into what they're doing at Northeast Guilford. And, you know, that, that was a great program for years, 20 straight years in the playoffs under Tommy Persley. And a lot of those years when making the playoffs meant something, when the playoffs had fewer teams in it. And he decided to retire. He's now coaching up at uh, Waynesville Tuscola High School, has them unbeaten in I think his second or third year up there after coming out of retirement. But that that's a historically great program and it's good to see them kind of get back on their feet again. Yeah, no, it's it's big time and just uh, a hats off to those guys. That's going to do it for this week. You can find all of your high school sports news in print in the news and record every day. You can follow us online. HSExtra.com is our high school sports website. And you can follow me on Twitter at JoeSerreraNR. And you can follow Spencer at Turkin35. And just remember, folks, don't follow JP Monday. Never. Never, ever. But we love him.